Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, and I'm Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. The topic of privacy has been in the news recently for many different reasons, mostly related to social media, data breaches, and other online privacy issues. But privacy takes on many different forms, and many questions arise related to homeowner and resident privacy in a community association setting, where residents may gather in common spaces such as clubhouses, pools, lobbies, mail rooms, or at association-sponsored events. Issues of privacy in these situations can present themselves in many forms that many individuals may not think about. So we'll be exploring these issues and offering insights from today's guest, Jamie Cooperstein, CEO of J. Cooperstein Hospitality Consulting, LLC, where she uses the principles of AAA Five Diamond Service, which shaped her career to educate employees who work behind or supervise those that work at front desk counters, host stands, customer service windows, in lobbies, or over the phone. Jamie uses a blend of interactive exercises, role-playing, and team-building to coach clients on the necessary components of service excellence. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much, Tony. So tell me, what drove you to suggest that we address this particular topic? Sure. So when you think about life in a community association or condo, etc., there are so many advantages or disadvantages. Um, the main disadvantage, and I don't think there's that many disadvantages, but the main disadvantage to life uh, for somebody that's coming from a freestanding residence is perhaps a lack of privacy. Um, and I think that with proper staff education, it is very possible to make privacy not so much of a negative in a community association. And that's really was kind of the, the, back, the background, if you will, uh, with creating these scenarios that we're about to address in question form to really give staff um, and condo managers the opportunity to really uh, look at resident privacy. So you mentioned scenarios. Uh, Jamie uh, presented a session for one of CAI's recent association staff training symposiums, uh, and, and you presented various scenarios where homeowner or resident privacy can be compromised. So I'd like to go through some of those scenarios and get your input on how community association managers, staff members, and even residents should approach each situation. That sounds great. Let's start with something that many of us have probably experienced. So EMS, Emergency Management Services, arrives to provide emergency services and ultimately transport an elderly resident via stretcher to the ER. The community association manager receives many questions from other residents the next morning. What type of information is it appropriate to give out in this situation? Sure. So as we know, um, you know, a resident's privacy when it comes to their medical care is a very um, private subject. Um, and it's and obviously health uh, can change by the minute. So really the main thing that the, the community manager or staff should do in this instance is just simply confirm um, that EMS was on site and said resident was taken to a nearby care facility. That's really it um, until there is something concrete 
to share, and that would need to be okayed by the resident, if at all. Um, if it ultimately results, sadly, in um, the resident passing away, at that time, certainly a memo would be uh, created or an email would be addressed and sent out to the community at large, letting them know that there was a death in the community. But otherwise, just simply letting them know that um, EMS was on site um, for an emergency health scare and the resident has been successfully transported um, off-site that really is really is it it's really not at that point no other residents business to know the severity of the illness um, unless the resident wants to privately let them know at that time right okay sticking with the emergency theme a, a homeowner returns home to find two police officers exiting the home next door they call the management office or the concierge desk to find out what's going on is it any of their business definitely not Tony and hopefully Hopefully, the staff is also not aware of what is going on and that they don't even have to tell a white lie when the question is asked upon them what's going on. They can just simply say, unfortunately, we're not aware what's going on. Um, you know, other than that, uh, police presence is on site to discuss with said resident. If the staff or management is aware of why police was on site, and there could be a multitude of reasons why they're in somebody's residence, um, and you can, you know, viewers today, you can insert what reason that may be. There, there, once again, there's many. Um, they really need to just simply say, unfortunately, we're not at liberty to discuss why police was inside the Smith residence. End of story. Let's turn to some sensitive personal situations. Let's say there's an older male resident has a frequent overnight guest who's an attractive young female. The difference in their ages is obvious. People probably see her in the lobby of the building or entering the residence unit and they start to ask questions. And there can be a lot of questions, Tony, on this topic. And once again, it's really not anybody's business that lives at the community other than the resident that is engaging in this relationship. And regardless if this um, young, attractive female is a niece, a friend, or more than a friend, it is not appropriate for the staff to share those details. So saying something such as, oh, yes, yes, that's Mr. Smith's hot girlfriend, not appropriate. Just simply saying something as, as generic as, that is Mr. Smith's guest is really all that needs to be said. It doesn't need to be mentioned that she stays overnight. It doesn't need to be mentioned how frequently she visits, just that it is Mr. Smith's guest. Is it also appropriate just to say it's not your, none of your business it, in a polite I, way? Absolutely. I think you can. I think what can be said by the staff member, if they know that that resident has a relationship with Mr. Smith as a neighborly friend, you can just simply say, please feel free to address the question directly to Mr. Smith yourself. I'm sure he'd be very happy to talk with you about it. But absolutely, once again, it is not, um, it's not the staff member's place to share personal information with respect to a private relationship. Right. Um, so another, here's another scenario. A member of the concierge staff frequently drives a young female resident to mama's wellness joint in the house car and suspects she might be pregnant. Is it appropriate to tell others? No, and, and frankly, um, even, even if the resident, Tony, decides to share with that particular staff driver 
that she is in fact pregnant, excuse me, it is still not appropriate for that staff member to go share with the residents and really shouldn't share with the other staff unless that resident feels that she says it's okay to share. It's really her private business to share with other staff and other residents, not for the driver to all of a sudden become the, distribute, the distributor of that information. Um, and also one can go to a facility like Mama's Wellness and not be pregnant at all. So can you imagine if information got distributed that the resident was pregnant and now they're not? Certainly not a good situation. Right. So I'm sitting in the lobby and uh, I hear one of my favorite residents discussing an upcoming birthday. What happens next? So Tony, this is one of my favorite scenarios that I've seen happen time and time again where um, you know residents hear that, oh, Mrs. Wilson is celebrating her 75th birthday this coming weekend. She's ecstatic about it, but she's not addressing the staff member in conversation. She's on her phone. And this information is just simply being overheard by the staff member. The staff member then decides to take it upon themselves to ask her all of these questions about her big birthday coming up. They might even go get flowers, they get a card, and get the whole staff to sign a card. It may seem like a very nice gesture, but not appropriate for a staff member to take it upon themselves as a resident's friend. We're gonna be friendly, but not a friend and never should the birthday be addressed in such a manner. Letting management know that there's a milestone birthday coming up is a great idea. Um, and if that community, if there's a precedent to do something for milestone birthdays or special anniversaries, then the community itself can acknowledge that resident's big day coming up. But certainly one individual staff member or a group of staff members, it's not their place to do it directly with, on, with their own dime. Certainly. You, you made a comment that sounded pretty important, and I want to revisit it. Uh, you said it's important to note the difference between being friendly and being a friend. And, of course, we're talking about a staff-homeowner relationship. So that sounds pretty important. Very important, Tony. So a lot of staff, as you can imagine, work at residences for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And the residents really take on a whole new level um, in a relationship, it is, yes, certainly they are the ones that are paying their paycheck, if you will, but the, the lines can be blurred in a bad way where the staff member starts to, to think that Mrs. Wilson and Mr. Smith are their buddies. And they may even suggest things, God forbid, Tony, like, let's go out for a drink after work. And the staff member needs to realize that what happens off the clock, they absolutely can still be held accountable in their job um, and those lines really cannot be blurred. And any community manager would agree that the resident will be the first person to throw the staff member under the bus. And that staff member, unfortunately, would then lose their job um, because the community manager is always going to side with the resident, unfortunately, over the staff member. Um, so yes, friendly, absolutely part of their job description friends, not until they no longer work at that community. Good, good distinction, important distinction. Tell me what you would advise in this situation. A community manager or another staff person finds personal financial documents 
that were left behind by a homeowner in one of the rooms in the clubhouse. So very common situation, Tony. A lot of these clubhouses might have a business center or just simply a boardroom table or an area where somebody was reviewing, you know, their personal financial information and it was left behind. Um, you know, we all tend to have wandering eyes and it, certainly you're going to need to look at the document enough to find the name of the resident whose document it is to be able to get it back to them. But I would obviously advise the staff member to try to keep their wandering eyes as far as just the name of the document. They then should immediately fold the document, put it in an envelope, put the resident's name on the outside of the envelope. So when it is handed back to the resident, it is handed back to them in a discreet manner, showing visibly that it was they did everything in their power to keep it discreet. Um, and then lastly, although it can be very tempting to share what you might have seen on that W-2 or tax return or whatever that, that financial document was, that, doesn't, that cannot be shared with other staff members, and it needs to certainly not be shared with other residents, as tempting as that may be. Um, and if the staff member cannot keep that information to themselves, then a community setting is probably not the best place for them to be working. Okay, that's a good message. We live in a region of the country where there's a, many community associations have snowbirds. Um, so let's say a homeowner who has a second home in Florida, they ask the concierge staff to collect and ship their mail to them every two weeks. And one of the staff members who's doing that comes across a publication that surprises them. What's your advice in that situation? Absolutely. So, you know, folks receive all different types of things in their mail that really um, give a sense of somebody's maybe identity or their interests or their passions. And it is very common to ask a staff member to collect and bundle your mail and then send it out to them via UPS or FedEx. And once again, wandering eyes, something may slip out of the bundle um, or something may be at the top of the bundle when the mailman hands it to you. And it can be very even alarming in today's day and age what you might see. Um, it could be a publication from the National Rifle Association. It could be a, um, a magazine that suggests somebody's um, sexual preferences. Who knows? But once again, similar to in our, past, our previous scenario, Tony, that information, you keep it to yourself. You are not passing judgment on that resident. Um, you simply put the mail in the box and off it goes to Florida or whatever warm weather destination it might be. If there is something in there um, that you see that should suggest something really alarming to other folks' safety, all you would do in that situation is just simply let the community manager um, know and then it's up to them if there needs to be additional measures taken. But otherwise, Keep it to yourself, in the box it goes, off to sunny Florida. Lots of our community associations, particularly active adult communities, have various committees or social groups that meet in the clubhouse or in the community room. So suppose a member of one of these groups in your community association asks the manager or staff person to order a catered lunch for their weekly card game, and they give their credit card to you verbally, and the credit card isn't going through. Sure. Um, so, Tony, there's a couple a couple aspects to this scenario. Um, one is that um, you are now 
the fact that the credit card is given to you verbally, you're now as the staff member, you're, you're writing it down. So certainly once this transaction has completed itself and you've ordered the lunch, you need to make sure that this information has been shredded or before it goes in the waste can is certainly not legible because somebody's private information has been exposed. Um, now the fact that the credit card isn't going through presents an indif a, a different scenario. You now have to walk into, let's say, the card game in the community room to let Mrs. Smith know that her card isn't going through, but you shouldn't do that in front of all of her friendly neighbors in the middle of the card game. Politely pull Mrs. Smith aside, let her know that her card is not going through. You don't need to say, your card is declined, Mrs. Smith, but just very tactfully letting her know, does she have another form of payment that you can try? Hopefully that card will be a better match and will go through. And then just like earlier I mentioned, once you have written that down, it immediately needs to be um, shredded or, or um, gotten rid of in a manner that pr the private information isn't out in the public. Even better would be as Mrs. Smith could physically hand you her card, where you could quickly read that off to the, the, f the phone order or the online uh, food order you're making, and then you can immediately physically hand Mrs. Smith her card right back. That to me would be the best case scenario there. So Jamie, we discussed quite a few of these scenarios and, and it, it, it occurs to me that everything you said sounds like it should be addressed in some sort of HR policy that managers and staff need to comply with but also be trained on so they understand the issues here. Absolutely, Tony. These are these are these scenarios really can impact somebody's livelihood and, and frankly, um, when somebody buys and lives in a community association, they 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 really want to enjoy their, their lifestyle and resident privacy is huge in the enjoyment of their their daily lives and when guests come to visit. Um, and not only should this be policy, Tony, I think that this needs to be actively part of the culture and staff training. Um, something as simple as one of these scenarios each week or each month be part of um, you know supervisors addressing it with their staff and it can be done it can be done in a really fun and interactive way, so it doesn't just feel like policy is being thrown at them, but being done in a way where um, a scenario is presented and then the few different members of that community, sorry, few different staff members of that community, they can weigh in and give their thoughts. And frankly, it's even more impactful if these scenarios do happen already at the community, so the staff member is able to give firsthand account of what they've already witnessed. Right, sure. Well, Jamie, this has been a fascinating discussion of privacy issues in community associations. I, I think a lot of these issues don't necessarily occur to people on a regular basis, so I'm glad we had a chance to record this. Um, thank you for taking the time today to talk to our listeners about this topic uh, and providing valuable insights on how community association managers, staff, and even homeowners should approach these issues. Those of you who may want more information on services provided by J. Cooperstein Hospitality Consulting can visit Jamie's website at www.jcoopconsulting.com. That's J-C-O-O-P-consulting.com. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-pa-delval.org. Thank you for listening.